Hello, this is Josh Christman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Moreover, brethren, we're going to start at verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant. Somebody say ignorant. <laughs> say it again, ignorant. <laughs> How that our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. And were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And did all eat the same spiritual meat. How many knows what that's saying right there is they all walked the same walk. They all saw the same miracles. They all knew the same God. They all heard Moses' words. They all had the same opportunity to see and to hear. Amen. Everybody understand that's what, what that means? Did all eat, eat the same spiritual meat and did all drink the same spiritual drink for they all drank of that spiritual rock that followed them and that rock was Christ. But with many of them, God was not pleased. Ooh. For they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now I want you to take notice of this. Now these things were our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Neither be ye idolaters as were some of them as is written the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. That's referencing the golden calf episode uh, back before Mount Sinai. Neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day 23 and 20,000. That was referencing the episode with the Moabites. Neither let us tempt Christ. I want you to really notice this, this verse here because we're going to really focus in on this. Neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. Somebody say destroyed of serpents. Neither murmur ye as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now, Notice this. Now all these things happened unto them for examples or examples. And they are written for our admonition. Okay. Upon whom the world ends of the world are come. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. I want to preach to you for just a little while on this thought snake bit saints snake bit saints let's pray dear heavenly father god i thank you lord for this day lord i thank you lord for the spirit lord of your of your, your spirit lord that came to meet us here tonight and god i thank you lord for your mercy that you have shown in our lives and lord i pray lord that as as this word goes forth that you would anoint the word as it goes and it, lord anoint the hearers lord anoint the minds and the ears and the hearts lord that they may hear and understand god i pray that you would impart it to our spirits lord to make it part of us to change us today in the name of jesus somebody say change us today change us today in the name of Jesus. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Paul writing to the Corinthians and he says, I would that you not be ignorant. Okay. Now we've talked about this a few weeks ago about how ignorance is one thing, right? Ignorance can be fixed, right? I mean, if a person, uh, 
when it, before I went to kindergarten or first grade, I didn't know that two plus two equaled four, right? But after I went and I learned two plus two equaled four, I was responsible for that information, okay? I wasn't ignorant to that fact anymore. Somebody say amen. So Paul's writing to these people. He said, I would that you not be ignorant. So in order for you not to be ignorant, I'm going to revisit these things which befell our forefathers in the old days. And he goes on to list all these things. And then he says, he's written, they're written for our admonition. Okay, now that's a form of the word admonish. Okay, which means it's an authoritative counsel. Okay, it means something. It's not coming, it's not some haphazard uh, a suggestion that's made to you. It's authoritative. It comes from somebody or someplace that has authority. Somebody say amen. And it's a warning, okay, that you not to understand that you're, this information that's about to happen is, a, is, is important, okay? You need to get a hold of this and impart it to your life. After you hear this, you need to change your actions. You need to amend your thinking. You need to Amend your motivations if they be wrong. You need to take these words, understand them, not just gloss over them. I'm admonishing you to read these words that follow and understand that they're there for you. They're there to teach you a lesson. They're there for you to learn something, and from there on, you're not going to be ignorant anymore. Somebody say amen. Now, understand, God's taking us somewhere, okay? Somebody He's taking us somewhere, right? Now, in, the, in this reading that we're reading, it, he was taking Israel from Egypt to the promised land, okay? How many knows he's taken us from Egypt? How many was lost dead in your sins? Amen? How many, when he plucked you, when he found you, you had no, you had no other recourse, amen? You were, you were, you were uh, lost, as I say, I was lost as a goose in a snowstorm. Okay, I was as lost as lost could be. I had to look up to see bottom, my dad used to say. Okay, but he's taking me from that place, all right? And I'm not, I'm, where I am right now is a good, okay? I look back, I'm a lot better off than I was. I look back and I'm not in that, I'm not down in that hole. Now I'm not where I'm going, okay? I'm not who I'm supposed to be yet, okay? But I'm not who I was, amen? So understand that I'm on a, amen, hallelujah, I'm on a journey, He told him, you know, and uh, I believe it's Exodus uh, chapter 13. He said, I'm going to be with you. Okay. I'm going to be a pillar of fire at night. I'm going to be a pillar of cloud in the day. And the Bible says uh, that he took it not from before them. So the whole time that they're traveling, the Lord was going before them. How many knows that the Lord goes before us? Amen. Amen. If we're in, if we're in obedient covenant with him. Do you understand that the Lord is is going before you? Amen. He is walking the, the the steps that he wants you to walk. He is going before you, clearing the way, giving you strength. But understand that when he says move, it's time to move. Okay? When he says you've been here long enough, Okay, I want you to move a little further. Okay, it's time to move. Okay, it's not time for debate. It's not time to have a meeting. It's not time to call a council together to see if that's what we should do. 
okay? It's not time to call up your, your neighbor or ask your wife or your husband. It's time, when he says it's time to move, it's time to move. Somebody say amen. Now, he said, he, he said, I'm going to be with you. And he told him in Exodus 23, he said, the angel of the Lord will be with you. Okay, and go back and read this. I'm not going to take time to go and read it. But he said, the angel of the Lord. And how many knows that was Jesus? Amen. That was Jesus before the cross. You talk about the, the, the captain of the Lord's army. Anytime that they, that, that they referenced the angel of the Lord, that was Jesus. It says, now, it says, beware of him. Okay, now everybody here, oh, gee, but God's love. Right? God loves us. He does. Okay? Right. But we're supposed to obey. Or else we should beware. Okay? It's obey or beware, right? Obey his voice. Provoke him not. It says, because if you obey his voice. Listen to this. I want you to really get this. If you obey his voice and do all that I speak, I will be an enemy to your enemies. Okay, anybody that's an enemy to you, he's an enemy to me. Amen. I know I had big brothers growing up, and if somebody was messing with me, they were messing with them. Amen. And I didn't have to really even threaten anybody. Everybody knew my brothers. Okay. So, it, what, it was a matter, matter of fact, you know, only one time in, in my childhood do I remember ever going and telling somebody, telling one of my brothers, this guy's messing with me, because most of them knew not to. Right? Okay, so we understand that they were... He, they were enemies of me, so they were enemies of them, right? The Lord is, is on our side. Somebody say amen. He, is, he says, if you obey my voice, amen, I'm going to be an enemy to your enemies. An adversary to your adversaries. That's pretty, that's pretty tough talk, amen? You're on the wrong side of somebody that's blessed of the Lord. You're on the wrong side of God. Amen. And you go putting your hands to the blessed of the Lord, uh, something bad might happen. Amen. But now, even before they left, you know, he was giving them instructions. He was putting them in a covenant of obedience. Okay. Remember the Passover. And remember how, Brother Smith, how he said, you know, you're going to kill the lamb a certain way. You're going to take the blood and you're going to put it on your doorpost and your headpost. And you're not going to leave the house the whole night. Okay? Told them that they were going to have a dinner, how to prepare the meal, and they were going to stay inside. Okay? Now, how many knows that if one of them decided to step outside that night, they were fair game? Okay? The destroyer, the angel of death, was going to come through the land, was going to smite the firstborn. Okay? That, but... Already, he's putting them in a, in a covenant of obedience. He's training them from the very outset to say, look, I have your best interest in mind. I am going to free you from what binds you. I am going to free you from what has enslaved you, okay? But you got to obey. I'm going to, I'm going to put everything in place. You don't have to do any of the work. You don't have to fight for it. You don't have to do any of the work. But you're going to have to obey and do what I say, no matter what it is, okay? Now, but they come to a point in their walk, in their travels, when they stop moving forward. Okay? Oh, boy. They came to the promised land. They were there. And there were 12 spies that Moses sent out. Ten of them came back and said, we can't do it. We can't do it. The land's great. The land's great. 
but we can't do this. Okay, we've come all this way, Brother Smith. We watched him part the Red Sea. We watched him, we watched water come out of a rock. Okay, we watched all these things. All, we watched the pillar of fire. We watched, we watched the, the thunder and lightning around Mount Sinai. We saw the Ten Commandments. We, we, we saw all these things, but, but we can't do this. So forward progress right there stopped. How many knows that you can talk yourself out of victory anytime you want? All you got to do is start doubting. All you got to do is open up your mouth and start spewing that stuff, and it doesn't take long before you're talked right out of it. You know, how many, how, how many great things have, been, have people talked themselves out of? How many great experiences have people talked talk themselves right out of before they ever even looked for, for the first means to make it happen, before they even started to plan it, before they even, you know, they're laying, they might have they might have been laying on the bed and say, boy, I'd like to do this or that, okay? But then I got to do this, and then I got to, oh, I can't do that. Oh, oh, but then that'll cost this. Oh, then that'll do that. Oh, you know what? I can't do it. Before they even get out of bed to take the first step to do this thing, they've already thrown in, they've already thrown in the towel, right? You can talk yourself out of whatever you want to. And how, how many knows what comes out of your mouth, what's in your heart? Hey Amen. You know your mouth's a good barometer of what's going on inside of you? Brother Smith, what comes out of your mouth, Brother Charlie, is, is what's going on inside of you. When you hear somebody and they can't speak a word of victory, you know no, there's nothing, not a victorious bone in their body. But you run into somebody and that's all they can talk about is the Lord's doing great things. The Lord's you know, doing abundantly. I'm blessed greater than I deserve. Amen. I'm blessed. You know, I, I'm living healthy. I'm by the grace of God. I'm, I'm, go, I'm doing great things. You, you know, what's in their heart, right? But forward progress cannot stop. I said, it cannot stop. The minute you stop moving forward. You're not staying where you are. There's too, there's too big a battle. There's too many forces arrayed against you. There's too many uh, evil spirits. There's too, there's too much that wants you to fail. There's too many things that's lined themselves against you. So the minute that you quit obeying, the minute you quit putting the foot in front of the other, the minute you start doubting, okay, you're not staying where you are. You're going backwards because there's too much pushing against you. Understand that. Verse 9, now, how many knows that we can make the Lord one of those? Amen? Verse 9 says, neither let us tempt the Lord, or tempt Christ, as some of them tempted, and were destroyed by serpents. Okay? So they went from having the enemies of, you know, the Egyptians and the Amorites and, and the Hittites and all of them that were, they were fighting for the promised land to having the Lord as an enemy. Somebody say Amen. Turn to, turn to Numbers 21. Numbers 21. We're going to read this, and we're going to get into this a little bit deeper. There's so much, man, when I started to, to study this out in that passage of Scripture in Corinthians, you start to look at each one of those things that, that Paul listed. Man, then there's, uh, if you're a preacher, there's sermons after sermon after sermon after sermon. You're lucky I didn't bring it all tonight. We'd be here till midnight. <laughs> Luke says, oh, Lord. Numbers 21, verses 5 through 7. I want you to notice this really closely. It says, and the people spake against God. And we could stop right there. We could preach for a while, right? But then it says, and 
against Moses. How many knows knows that uh, to the children of Israel, Moses was God's mouthpiece? Okay, God told, you know, they were afraid to climb the mountain. They were glad Moses climbed it and got the Ten Commandments, right? But he says they spake against God and against Moses. And they said, wherefore have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? Okay, now right now, okay, understand that they weren't slaves anymore. Okay, now they weren't where they wanted to go. They weren't slaves anymore, but already they're saying they're, they're remembering Egypt as like this better place than where they are right now. Now think about that for a minute. Let's go on. For there is no bread. That's a lie. That's a lie. They're lying. They're not even telling the truth. Okay. They were eating manna every day. Okay. Number, and it says, neither is there any water. That's another lie. Okay, if there was no water, they would be dead. Correct? Now, they may not have been able to, Sister Minnie, they might, may not have been able to go into their kitchen and turn the faucet on. You know, they might have had to, you know, plan a little bit, you know, when they see water and take some with them, you know. They might, but there was water, right? And our soul loatheth this light bread. So they said there was no bread. We'll talk about that in a minute. It says, And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and much of the people of Israel died. Therefore came the people to Moses and said, We've sinned, okay, against the Lord. All right. But they were, they were discouraged because of where they were. Okay? They were taking a hard path. They weren't, you know, they had this picture in their head. They're going to walk right in and set up shop and have a, everybody's going to have a, a, a seaside palace and, you know, they're all going to live in Malibu and they're going to have the ocean there and they're going to have orange trees in their backyard and they're going to have everything, you know, they can just, you know, everything's going to be done for them. But when that wasn't the way, but how many knows that where they were was their own fault? Now, a lot of our decisions yours and mine, determines our route, okay? Now, I go to my Uncle Dave's, and there's a straight way that I can go, okay? There's an interstate. He lives way down in southern West Virginia. But then there's a more scenic route, all right? And if I have a little more time, I'll take that scenic route, and there's a lot of twists and turns, and you're up and you're down and you're around. It takes about twice as long, right? But if I have a little time, it's pretty, okay? How many knows that sometimes we make decisions and put ourselves on the scenic route or the unscenic route, okay? Anybody ever walk the path you even really want to walk because of mistakes that you had made, decisions you have made, okay? And then, you know, I've been, I've been a person that has made mistakes and then blame God for it. You know, prayed to him, look, God, you could fix this in one second. But he didn't make the mess. He didn't do anything to make that mess. That was my mess, and it took me a long time to make it. And we want him to clean it up by the snap of his finger. Now, could he do it? Sure. Okay. Did we learn a lesson from that? No. And the next time it comes along, we're going to think long and hard, right? 
You learn a hard lesson. I, I, come, I went to the school of hard knocks, okay? Now, some people can learn lessons. They can listen to advice. Praise the Lord. Some people can listen to good, sound advice and stop and turn on a dime and say, you know what? You're right. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do what? Not me. Mm -mm. Some people can learn lessons. So some people can, be, can have people that have been there help them and help them avoid all that turmoil, all that heartache, all that pain, all that, all that strife, all that affliction. Some people can do that. Not me. No, no. I got to learn it the hardest way that I possibly can. Okay? I got to be at my heart, head is as hard as that concrete out there on the sidewalk. Okay? I don't learn lessons the easy way. Just know that. Anybody else like that? Anybody? Anybody? Yeah. <laughs> Praise the Lord for honesty in the house tonight. Amen. But it says the people spake against God and Moses. Okay? Now, Moses was the man of God in their life. Okay? Things start going wrong. They're pointing a the finger at the man of God. Now, let me ask you this. When, you, when you're in a service and the preacher's bringing forth the word, what, what is that to you? What is that to you? Okay, is it just a guy uh, getting a paycheck on Sunday? Is it, is it just a guy that, uh, you know, that there was a, I heard a guy on the radio, he's preaching, he said that he was talking about fresh words from the Lord, and he said he was in a, a Christian bookstore one time, and he was browsing, you know, and this guy was beside him browsing, and he, the guy pulled down a book and said, 52 sermons for the year. And he said, oh, I'm set. And he walked out. Okay. <laughs> so I understand, I mean, so there might be some ministers like, but not ours. Okay. If you've been here and you've sat under, under the, under, you know that, he, that he's, he's on his knees through the week getting the fresh word from the Lord to bring to us. You know that, okay? So understand that when those words come to us from him, those aren't words of a man, okay? Those are the words of God, okay, coming to us. Somebody say amen. So, so let me ask you, when the Lord is bringing that word to you, what do you do with it? What do you do with it? What are you supposed to do with it? And what do most people do with it? We go back to the door. Man, that was a great sermon. Hallelujah. Really felt the Lord today. A really great word. And then you go out the door and whoo. Right? What did, what, did, what did Jesus say about the parable of the seeds? Remember? Some landed on the stony ground. Some landed on the, well, the some got plucked up by the fowl. Some shriveled up, you know. But then there were some that landed on good ground. You know, if it's landed on good ground, and you don't want to lose that seed. You don't want to lose that word. You, you, you write to jot a few things down while the sermon's going on. And when you get home this week, you hit your knees. And you say, Lord, open that word and say, Lord, show me more. Show me more. You, you really spoke to me today. You really spoke to me on Sunday. Show me more. Show me more of what you have for me in this. Show me. Make it part of me. Amen. That's what you do with something that you want to give. If you esteem that word, that's not, it's not the words of men. It's the words of God. If you esteem it that high, that's what you do with it. Amen. Somebody say amen. So let me ask you, the man of God in your life, do you trust him? Do you, do, you, do you think he's bringing you the truth? Okay. No, seriously, just answer. Just, 
You don't have to answer me. Answer yourself. Do you, do you trust the man of God that's in your life? If you don't have a man of God in your life that you trust, you need one. Okay? Not because a man can save you because they can't. Okay? And how many knows that the Bible says that God chose the foolishest of preaching? Okay? To bring us the word to. And how many, know, how many understand the, the concept of, you know, we have the Bible. Okay? We have the logos. Okay? But how many understand the principle of the rhema? Word of God, the, the word that comes through the Spirit, the word that when I when I'm in when I'm prayerful and I'm seeking the Lord and I'm I'm trying my best to obey and I'm prayerful and I open the Word of God. How many knows that it can come alive? It can He can bring you a He can reveal it to you and bring it to your heart, bring it to your soul. Okay, that's a rant, that's the word that's that's the word speaking to you. Amen. That's the Spirit doing work in you right there. Amen. How many understand that? So you under you got to understand that. If you don't have a man of God in your life, you need one, okay? And if it's not, if it's not wherever you are, you know, if it's not here, then you need to go find it, okay? Now, I warn you, you leave without uh, ever giving it a chance. You know, if this is the way you're supposed to be and you leave, you know, you're putting yourself uh, and out of covenant, you're putting yourself, remember, where those people were that were, were speaking against Moses, they were putting themselves outside of the covenant. And then watch out for the snakes, right? Let's go on. So it's not Moses' fault. They were there where they were, okay? How many's ever heard the word cowardice? They were cowards. You know, that's the first thing in the book of Revelations. That's the first thing listed, fear, the fearful will not, they, they won't be, they'll be in hell. You know, the fearful, that's the first thing listed. If you're a coward, God's got no use for you. And that's a fact. These, these guys were, they were cowards. They were fearful. They were faithless. Okay. All the things that they saw, all the things that they saw going forward, they were faithless. They didn't learn anything about who the Lord was. They were faithless. It put them in their wilderness. Amen. Now, there's lots of people living in the wilderness. I heard a guy preach a sermon one time. It said, he said, uh, how, how was the title of it? Uh, there's no giants in the wilderness. Giants don't want to live in the wilderness either. They wanted to be in the promised land, right? Now, why is that? You know, they chose to go wander and walk paths they had already walked instead of going and fighting. So here they find themselves. Now, if you don't like where you, don't like where you are, what are you supposed to? What do you do? I mean, if your house has fallen in, do you wait till it falls on you? Hopefully not. Okay, if you know your car is on the last legs, start looking for another one, right? So understand, sitting, you know, remember, you remember the story of the lepers and when Elisha and uh, in, in back in the I think it was second, first or second Kings, and they say, why sit we here till we die? You know, you could sit right where you are until you shrivel up and die. How many, how many knows that the Bible says uh, that a lot of their carcasses, fell in the wilderness. He said, uh, all that whole generation, 
is going to die in the wilderness. You don't have to sit where you are. If you've got breath in your lungs, okay, you have the ability to do something about it. Somebody say amen. They spoke of Egypt as a better place. When you hear people start reminiscing about sin and they're smiling about it, they're in a dangerous place. Really are. When people start, you know, you get together and you, you're working or whatever, you start having a good laugh about what you used to be. <laughs> Amen, brother. I've got nothing good to say about what I used to be. Okay? What I used to do, the things I used to say, the things I used to do, the way I used to treat people, I got no use for that anymore. Okay? Egypt was not a better place than where I am now. And whereas I may not be where I want to go, okay? Egypt is not where I want to be. But you hear this coming out of, their, out of their mouth. They didn't like what they were eating, okay? They didn't go into the land flowing with milk and honey. They were too scared. The grapes that were so big that they have two men, had to have two men carry the stick. You know, I don't know how big grapes would have to be before two men would have to carry them. Okay, but it sounds better than not having grapes, right? But all they had was just this little light bread from the Lord. And how many knows that even though they were doing nothing to deserve that, the only thing they were doing to deserve that was being Israelites. Okay, the Bible said that they began to loathe it. They began to loathe the, the provision of the Lord. Do you know when you come to church, in, in this church anyway, the word of God, the bread of the Lord, the, the bread of, of the word is broken, fresh bread, every time. Whether or not you choose to eat it, that's up to you, right? If you go home and you, you're, you're just surviving on little scraps, that's, a, that's, that's it on you. Somebody say amen. People live in things and with things, and the Lord brought this to me today. He said, people live in things and with things that they need not live with because of their refusal to move when the Lord says move. Mm. Then the serpents arrive. I'm going to walk you through. This is, this, is, this is a lot of folks, okay? So there's a lot of folks that have heard the word, that have heard the truth, have repented, they've been baptized, you know, they've been filled with the Holy Ghost. But when God says move, that's where their obedience ends. Now, what do I mean by move? I mean when, when the preacher preaches, okay, and that word hits you, that word speaks to you where you are, 
That's the Lord's mercy calling you to move towards him. That's the Lord's reaching his hand. He's saying, look, I see where you are. I know you. I mean, he knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows every hair, every thought, every hair on our head. He knows every thought that we think, but every deed that we do long before we ever do it. And that's his mercy. He's re- he says, even though you, you know, he's reaching toward me, even though I am who I am. And I'm a weak, frail human being. He's reaching for me. So when I'm sitting back there and I'm, I'm, I'm amen to the preacher and everything, and something speaks to me, okay, that's the Lord pulling. So when, when, so when he speaks and it pulls, when that altar's open, I'm there. Okay, I'm there. You say, well, you know, it was about salvation or it was about, you know, I, I, I've already said, I thought it was, you know, the altar's for folks to repent. Oh, no, 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 no. The altar is for everyone. Because every time I step into this place, I need, I need that touch from the Lord. Every time I come into the, his presence, I can't help but go and kneel before the Lord and say, Lord, clean me again. Lord, wash me new. Lord, give me what I don't have yet. Lord, show me something I don't yet know. Lord, draw me closer to where I can see you better. I can think, I can think like you. I can feel you. I can reach for somebody else, Lord. Fix that thing in me that I know is still there. Hallelujah. Mm. Praise the Lord. But too often, folks sit there and they feel that tug. And they feel that pull. And they say, for whatever reason, I'm going to stay in my wilderness right here. Okay, just maybe just for another day. Okay, I, I know I need to get that right. I know I need to fix that. Okay, I know I need to. Maybe another day. Just one more day in the wilderness isn't going to hurt me. Okay? How do you know that? Today's the day. This moment, this moment that you're living right now, see, the past is gone. Like what I did today, what I said, what I didn't say, what I didn't do, what I did and what I didn't do, it's gone. Okay? All I have in this world, okay, is right this minute. All I have is the next breath. All I have is what is, is this minute, right? Okay, so how do you know that you have another chance? How do you know? The Bible says that when Esau got ready to find repentance, the Bible says he couldn't find it. Mm-mm. He says he couldn't find He said he sought it carefully with tears. He was sorry, but he couldn't find repentance. How do you know that, that, that the next time that that word goes forth, you're not going to feel that tug? And then that day you say, oh, no, I don't feel the tugs. You run to the altar, but you, you can't really get what, you, what was purpose for you. And you say, well, that can't, ha- that can't happen. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, that's reality for a lot of folks. There's a lot of people that will sit in church day in, day out, week in, week out, and feel nothing. There's a lot of people that don't feel any pull of God. And you mention a pull of God, the, the, their eyes glaze over. They don't understand even what you're talking about. If, you, if you're sitting and if you're in church and you could feel the, the conviction of the Lord pulling on your heart, pulling on your spirit, you need to hit your knees and thank the Lord that he has not left you where you are, that his mercy endures for you. Hallelujah. So you get these people and they stay in this wilderness for a long time. Now, when you stay in a wilderness, you stay in a dark place. You stay in a place that's separated for very long. In an unpleasant place, it changes you. 
It changes you. And when you do interact, I know that when I came back to the Lord, I knew that if I went to church and if I got around the spirit of the Lord that I would feel better. But I really couldn't do anything to help myself. Okay? I still, when I went home, I still felt the darkness. Okay? When I went, when I was by myself, I couldn't really pray. I tried to pray. I couldn't even really speak his name. I would text my brothers and I would text my mom and dad and say, pray for me. Okay? I'm really struggling. Pray for me. I couldn't do it. But over time, I just kept trying to step out of that wilderness. Kept trying to step out of that wilderness. Kept trying to get around the spirit of the Lord. Every time the altar was open, I ran to the altar. I, was, I, was, I didn't hesitate and went there. And eventually, he began to draw me. He began to fill me. He began to repair me. He began to fix me, okay? Leading me out of that place. He says, if you're willing to take the steps and walk, I'll lead you. If you're willing to take the steps, I'll move you from where you are. But if you're in an unpleasant place for very long, it's going to change you, okay? And you become discouraged, I don't care how well you knew the Lord before. That dark place can cause you to discourage. These people saw miracles. They saw the Red Sea part. Okay? They walked through on dry. They, they're, eating, they're eating bread from heaven. They're eating angel food. Okay? But they still find a place to, to, get, to get discouraged. The wilderness can do that to you. It's cold. It's cold. It's lonely. Okay? If you choose to sit there, it's going to change you. But then this discouragement... It turns into anger and resentment. And you'll sit on the pew. Okay, this is a journey that a lot of people are on. They'll sit on the pew and they'll look around and they'll see new people coming in and getting touched by the Lord. And they'll just fold their arms and just, you know, sit against that, you know, anybody ever getting anything good. Amen. Because they can't have it. I'm, I'm, I'm preaching. I'm preaching the truth tonight. There's people that sit for so long. Okay, and they, they can't feel anymore. Okay, so when somebody comes in, they can't join. They can't join in prayer with them for them. They can't when 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 when, we're, when the church is asked to pray for someone, they can't really do it. They can say words and they can you know they can they can stand and they can lift their hand, but they can't really reach out with their heart because they've been in this place too long and now they're angry and now they're resentful, saying, "Well, Lord, I've been here for thirty years. Why am I not being blessed like that?" When it's their own choices. Day in, day out. Do you know you don't get sick if you have if you have a if you have a disease that or a sickness that's caused by your bad eating? Do you know that didn't happen overnight? Do you know that if you are uh, you know you wake up one day? I know during this pandemic stuff, I closed my gym. I closed my gym. I got discouraged. I got depressed about, you know, I like working out, like being active. I got discouraged. I gained a lot of weight. And y'all were too nice. Nobody said anything. Okay. Okay. Except for Luke. No, I'm just kidding. But I gained, as a heaviest I've ever been. Okay. How many knows that if you, that was a choice I made. Now, I could have gone out and ran. I could have did push-ups at home. I could have did some sit-up, but that was a choice I made for a year to not do anything. So when I wake up and I find out that I'm fatter than I've ever been in my life, okay, I weigh more than I've ever been, I'm, I'm, that, that's a choice that I made for a lot of days in a row. So that position that I got in, I didn't get in overnight. 
So therefore, when I chose to go back to the gym and I grabbed the weights and I lay down and I've got not very light weights and I'm shaking and trembling and getting nauseous. Okay. That's something I earned that. Okay. By not doing anything. Somebody say amen. So this discouragement turns to anger towards God. And guess who else you're mad at? Who else are you mad at? Yeah, but a lot of people don't. They're, they're mad at themselves, but a lot of people don't really register that right away. Mm-mm. They're mad at their preacher. Well, I'm not getting fed. I got to go somewhere else. How long have you been here? 30 years. Shouldn't you be feeding somebody by now? Shouldn't you be able to find your own steak? Somebody say amen. Wow. I can't get over that. But, but they sat there. They get mad at their preacher. And they're loathing what's keeping them going. They're angry about the little morsels that they have to eat. Even though it's keeping them alive, they're still coming to church. Right? Mm. Somebody say amen. But anybody ever been to a church where it seems like the preacher's preaching the same thing? Over and over and over and over. Why do you think that is? Huh? It didn't get it right the first time. Huh? It might be. He's setting this plate of food. That everybody needs to eat and not everybody's eating it. And he keeps setting it and setting it and setting it. And the Lord keeps giving it to him. He said, maybe they'll get it this week. He keeps giving it to him. Here's another chance. Here's another chance. Here's another chance. Here's another chance. There was a story I told a while back about a guy or uh, a story I heard about. This guy came to this new church and they voted him in and everything and and he preached the same sermon for 10 Sundays in a row. And the folks all got mad about it. And they had a meeting and they said, you know, we got to do something about this guy. So they went to, went to the, the presbyter or the district guy or whoever was over him, the bishop. And they said, you know, we got a problem with this guy. We got to get a new guy. Well, what did he do? Well, he's preaching the same sermon for 10 Sundays in a row. Well, what did he preach about? And the one guy said, well, uh, I think it was about forgiveness, wasn't it? And the guy said, no, 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 no. It was about, uh, uh, the, is the Good Samaritan story. It's about, it about helping your neighbor. He goes, well, I think you guys better let him preach at least one more time. Right? <laughs> but the next thing that happens when you get angry at God and angry at the pastor, what's the next thing that happens? Let's read it. Verse 5, and said, and the people spake. Now, they were angry a long time before they said anything. How many knows you're angry a long time before you say anything? But the people spake against God and against Moses. And when it turns that way, you're letting it out of your mouth. You're no, you're, now you're a conduit. Now you are sowing discord. Now you are no longer just an idle st- uh, a standby guy, just a person that's there. You're now an active participant being against the Lord, against the man of God. Okay? Now, when you find yourself there, and most people don't find themselves there, they just do it, right? That's when the serpents come in. 
and, you, and you're going to get bit, and you're going to die in the wilderness. Mm. So let's review. You're on a journey. You need to be obedient. When the Lord said, when you hear the word from the Lord, speak into your heart, you take that word, you eat it. You make it part of who you are. You pray, God, help me to change. Take this word and change me today, Lord. Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm clay in your hands. Put me on the wheel. Lord, make me who you want me to be. Okay? When he says move, you move. How many knows when you're obedient, you'll just move? You're following God. He's going to pull you. He's going he's gonna to show you your steps. You're obedient. You're not going to become weary in well-doing, right? You're going to reap if you faint not, remember? So you're going to keep walking and keep following. But when you stop, that's when the trouble starts. I'm going to tell you, stay with me if you will. I'm going to tell you, if you can be honest with yourself, come to the music, please. If you can be honest with yourself and say, you know what? I've been kind of stagnant. I've been in the same place for a while. You know, maybe that's me. Maybe I'm starting to get a little bit cold. Now's the time to fix it, realizing that, right? Because how many knows that when Jesus said, Jesus in Luke, remember when he sent out the 70? Remember that? What did he tell you? He said, what did he tell him? He said, you're going to tread on serpents, right? They're not going to bite you. They're not going to kill you. Do you remember when Paul was uh, on the island? Pastor preached about it a few weeks ago when Paul was on the island, and he had that bundle of sticks, and the, the viper came out and got him on the hand, and he just shook it off in the fire. Understand that if you read in the Bible, you read Acts at all, you'd see that Paul's moving almost all the time. Paul's moving. Okay, so what would happen to Paul if uh, Paul would have uh, been, he said, well, you know, I really don't want to take that last missionary journey. I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to let Silas handle this one. I'm going to kick back. I mean, we got, you know, holidays are coming up. You know, I, I've really been working hard. I need a vacation. What if that snake would have bit him then? What if he's starting a fire in his fire pit in the backyard and the snake bit him then? Understand that when Jesus sent him out, he said, these signs will follow you. And what nothing can follow you if you're not moving. Right? So people wonder why, whether we aren't seeing any miracles. Well, it's supposed to follow you as you move, as you speak, as you try to draw closer to the Lord. I really feel like we're on, we, we're on the cusp of something good here. We really are. The Lord's here. Every time we step in here, the Lord's here. It's time for us to step forward. It's time for everybody to get on board. When these altars are open, everybody needs to be here. When, these, when there's people in the altar need prayer, man, we shouldn't be short of people to pray for it. Should we? If we're walking, if we're moving towards the Lord, should we? He said, behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions. And over all the power of the enemy. 
Anybody like that? All the power of the enemy. I give you power over that. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. It's time we start walking, folks. Okay? The wilderness is no good for you. The wilderness is no place to hang your hat. There's no reason for anybody to be a snake bit saint. There's no reason for us to hang for just for us to hang up our our hang up our our spurs and say that's it. Won't take it easy for a while. That's when the serpents are going to be on their way. They're going to come find you. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you, Lord, for this day. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for what we feel in your place to, in your, in this place tonight. And God, I pray, Lord, that your spirit, Lord, will go forth. Lord, deal with every heart, Lord. Deal with every mind. Lord, draw and pull, Lord, us into, into your light, Lord. Let us walk, Lord, according to everything that we have. Everything that's within us, Lord, let us reach for you. Lord, let us repent, Lord. For the things that we've done wrong. Let us repent, Lord. For the times that we've sat idle. Let us repent, Lord. For the time that we spend in the wilderness against your will and against your word and against your spirit. I don't know about you, amen. I don't know about you, but right now I'm repenting. Dear Lord God, oh Lord, Lord, I'm sorry for every minute, Lord, that I've spent in the wilderness, God. Lord, I'm sorry, Lord, for every black second, Lord, that I've spent on the sidelines. Every every time that I thought somebody else will do it. Every time that I thought that I'm just going to stay here for just another day, Lord. Lord, I repent, Lord, for that right now. Lord, cleanse me, Lord. Cleanse me, Lord, and make me obedient, Lord, to your word. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church of Cambridge podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with our weekly sermons. If you are in the Cambridge area, we invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Again, thanks for listening and we hope to see you soon.